Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. What I love about our podcast is if my podcast is in a shot glass, our podcast is in a wine glass. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that it's um, just relax. You know, uh, I'm just sipping tea and I usually drink coffee. And uh, you could actually have, we could actually have a conversation without um, me rushing. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, um, I mean, there's always a specific thing that we're talking about, but I, I like a little bit of the meandering, um, not meandering like there's no purpose, but just there's a bit of a flexibility in the way we do this because one thing might lead to another thing, might lead to another thing. And we kind of just like let the psyche take us where it's going to take us. Meandering is my middle name. It's the story of my life. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so we also take real conversations and th- that's what uh, the point of this is, is for it to stem from some kind of truth. So we're not just making shit up. Um, and it's also why we haven't been releasing these weekly. So um, we're, we're trying to get out as many as we can, but we also don't want to uh, force things. Right. It's like, let's not look for issues for the sake of looking for issues. Let's right. let's talk about things as they come up organically. Yeah. And also, um, some of them are not going to be issues uh, or yeah. else we're just going to be fighting I don't want all every, the time. Yeah. I don't want every episode to be a f- dissecting a fight because mm-hmm. um, although uh, others may love that because we, we all love listening to other people's shit and, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and being a fly on the wall, but um yeah, I don't, that's, I don't, then the, this podcast uh, may be what breaks us up. Yeah, that would exactly. Be We'd like to stay right. together. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So last night we were talking about something interesting. I told Vanessa to um, have a seat and um, 
when I say have a seat, that means there's something, I want to talk about something serious. Uh, and we, uh, talked about where we were in our lives, but, um, I mean, it started with gratitude. It started with me feeling, uh, grateful for, uh, so many things that are happening in my life. And then me sharing those with her, uh, getting her thoughts on that. And then it turned into this, uh, really interesting concept, which is, um, dropping down into your body and allowing your body to feel um, what's happening. So we are rewiring our bodies um, because uh, both Vanessa and I, for different reasons, uh, we are, uh, we have been in a, a state of fight or flight, even, even if it's subtle because of our environment story, all of that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, as a therapist, but also as a body oriented, I would say therapist, um, that's had a mindfulness practice and a yoga practice for many, many years. I think the idea of embodying not just the work that you've done. Um, so for example, gratitude, and I actually do an embodied gratitude practice in my mindfulness program that I run. Um, so like the good, like gratitude, but also I think it's important to get very familiar with the embodiment, what it feels like from a sensation level. Um, of the old wiring, because otherwise you're just conceptualizing and talking about it from a very kind of like cognitive level. Um, and that's not how we change things. We change things by understanding them from a cognitive level. Yes. And then feeling them on a sensate level, feeling them in a, you know, the sensations in your body, and then we go into integration mode. So, um, that was kind of the conversation we had and it, it was both what's the good that I feel in my body and also kind of what's the bad that I feel in my body. One of the things you were saying uh, was, well, let's just back up a little bit. So, uh, w you know, we, we, we purchased a house um, kind of recently, less than a, uh, well, about a year ago or less than a year. No, like five months ago. Okay. Five months ago. <laughs> and um, we did some work on the house. It's a beautiful home. Um, and you know, we have a, a, a beautiful daughter and a couple of chickens and, you know, there isn't a lot of stress in our lives. Like, 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 like there has been uh, for both of us, you know, um, I'm a late bloomer. I, um, you know, went back to school at 35, uh, had to start all over and, you know, I've had uh, shitty jobs. I've had, uh, times when I was, I, you know, wasn't working and, and just lots of, um, waking up thinking the sky is falling, right? Uh, being worried, being stressed out. And so for the first time in my life, at least, I feel a sense of calm. I'm not panicked. Um, but there is a part of me, because logically I'm not panicked, but there's still um, something in my body because it's been conditioned to be in a state of fight or flight for so long that it still feels like it, even though I don't have a reason to panic right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so the work uh, or, you know... Um, just say the work. I know you hate that term, but just I hate use that it. term. Yeah, I said it, and I was trying to think of. Uh, I, I was backpedaling <laughs> because I was like, "Oh fuck, how do I erase this?" But um, um, rewiring your your yourself isn't just a logical thing. I think it's a it's a it's a body thing. And so for you, Vanessa, the question is to you know to bring it back to us now. What is difficult for you when you know logically, you know, it's been um, I don't know five months or so, or even more. I mean, we've been together for almost three years now. Mm -hmm. um, what is your mind telling you? And what is your body telling you? What's different? And why is it hard to lean into it? 
Are you asking me in relation to you and the relationship? My mind is telling me. Yes, but my body. Yes, me but no. my body, my body. Um, yes, uh, everything is comes back to us in our relationship. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> well, um, hmm, I think there's probably a lot that I could go into here. I think that. Um, you know, we can think about it again from like a conceptual level when we think about like attachments and, and stuff like that, like my codependency work, you know, my last relationship was with somebody who um, was a functioning alcoholic. Um, so a lot of this stuff feels different to me because unbeknownst to me, uh, prior to doing my work, we'll use that term again, um, that I was- we're not, of, That's the last time we're using that, that term. There's only, like, we could see- we can it's only like say it two or three like, times, that's it. It's like saying like or um. The more you try to stop it, the more it's going to happen. So just let it be. It's fine. Well, it's also like, it's like, it's also like, like, you um, like, where it like, can get like. very annoying. Yeah. Well, now that's all you're going to hear is the likes and the ums. <laughs> it's like the white Prius. Okay, yeah. never mind. Um, my patterns are things that I now, on the other side of doing a lot of work on myself, understand cognitively, right? I understand them conceptually. Um, enough I think enough to where I've actually consciously chosen different things, different people, different actions, different paths in my life. And that is why my life looks so different now than it did. Um, and there are still moments where things in my body get activated, even in our relationship that would have gotten activated in say my last relationship. Right. So I think in a lot of ways you have provided me safety, um, and a new experience of, I can speak up and say things that might not be things that you want to hear, but I'm not going to get backlash for it. I'm not going to get, you know, yelled at, I'm not going to get exploded on. I'm not going to get the cold shoulder. I'm not going to get walked out on. Um, and so that experience of safety has changed my internal system in a drastic way. I still feel anxiety around the idea of sharing, but I now have a greater sense of it's okay. You can feel the anxiety and do it anyway. You're not going to die because you've given me that experience. You told me the example last night that you know that there has been some difference or change um, was that uh, in the morning, I I encouraged you to sleep for a couple hours while I uh, started the you know the morning routine with Logan, and you said me allowing that is proof that I'm leaning into it. Meaning um, before that there would have been too much anxiety for you to to let that happen because maybe you would feel that I would you know I don't know um, dropper or, or you know. It's not even that drastic. It. It's just that you wouldn't do it the way that I would do it. That mm -hmm. in itself for a kind of a, a codependent. Which, which I probably didn't. I know for a fact you don't. I, I'm, I'm around you all the time. Of course you don't parent like I do. You're not me, right? It would be right. unrealistic and ridiculous of me to expect you to do things exactly like me. But in my codependency controlling, uh, control makes me feel safe state, which is kind of my, my go-to place. That is where I pull from. And so that is a way that I know that I've changed just with myself, but also in this relationship with you is that, yeah, like five years ago, whether it was you or anybody else, 
the anxiety of you not doing it the way I would do it would have not allowed me to take you up on that offer and sleep in for an hour. Um, and what I also said last night is that an hour and 30 minutes, go on, sorry, an, an hour and 30. Okay. Also what I, what I said last night, um, is that anxiety is still there. I'm still very aware of the initial thought or the initial feeling of, ugh, you know, he's not going to do the Like, Oh, and I, I said, do you, do you know, do you have breakfast? Right. Like, do you know what there is for breakfast for her? You know, just making sure that you knew what was in the fridge that you could give her in the morning. That is my initial, that's my gut. That's my go-to. And, and then I said, like, you're fine. You've got it. Let let it be. Right. So I don't know. I think that's a good example of how um, things can still show up, but they can also feel different through experience. And we can just, I don't know, consciously choose different paths. So here's what's interesting. What's on the other side of that, right? So um, if you know logically one thing, but you still have to convince your body and you're working on that by um, creating new experiences for yourself or to, or, or to, to let go of the, the ledge, to you know, trust, to um, you know, all of that, right? So uh, what's on the other side of that, do you think? Meaning um, how does... Our, how does our bodies start to, to rewire from sitting in a new experience? How long does it take? What what happens to us? Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe you don't know because you're also someone who's playing experimenting with this. Well, this is. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because this is a very, very like hard and fast belief of mine um, that I, I use a lot in my classes and in my in sessions with clients, which is. Um, there is no, uh, there's no number. There's no like quantifiable, like this is how long it takes. Um, because I don't believe that it's ever a completed thing on a checklist. Are you yawning at me right now? No, I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm not yawning at you. I'm, I'm yawning with you because, wow. you know, we're both tired. It's 7 p.m. <laughs> we do these we podcasts go to bed at, nine. at 7 p.m. after the baby goes to bed. Um, I just distracted me and I lost my train of thought, which is also a sign that it's 7 p.m. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. Uh, the, it's not uh, colored by numbers. That it, yeah, yeah. That there's no one fits all. Well, there's also no like, okay, I've done the work. It's been a week or a month or a year and now I'm better. Like that's not a thing. And I, and I say this to people all the time and I always say, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm just being realistic so that you can then in that realism, show yourself compassion. Um, Because if you realize that none of us ever just hop on a bike for the very first time and right off into the sunset, every one of us falls, busts our knees, probably smacks our head um, over and over and over again until we learn to ride a bike. It's the same thing with this work. Like I'm always going to feel that initial pang of anxiety I don't know that that's ever going to go away, but it is a drastic difference, mark a difference now than what it was five years ago. Yeah. So here's my theory. And uh, it's it's just a theory because I use myself in my life as an experiment. And I, I don't know, I don't have enough uh, conclusions yet. It's, it's too soon. But my theory is, um, at least for me, um, I'm a big believer in states, right? So uh, my state was generally if I just round it off, it was worry, panic, dread, like 20s, 30s, worry, panic, dread. Um, And I think that in that state, because that's such a low frequency, it prevented 
me from thriving um, because because I was just you know pushed down and um, my body was so used to always being in that state. Uh, logically, I could convince myself not to. Like logically, I could convince myself of a lot of things, but because my body didn't feel it, you know that that that's kind of what um, I think created my uh, my path. And that path was, you know, it wasn't really good or exciting. It was just kind of, uh, it was very flatline. Um, after my rebirth, after I started working more on my state, after I uh, got out of my head more, dropped into my body, you know, found fitness, um, started writing more cycles, started doing things uh, under the umbrella of self-care and connecting to yourself, I noticed that my state changed, right? It it, it went a little bit from a, a lower frequency to just, you know, maybe middle to, to slowly higher. And I think that once your state changes, that you, and by doing that, you're convincing your body that it's that it shouldn't be in protection mode, that guard should not be up. Um, then there's now room for things like to feel gratitude, uh, expanding in love, um, all of the stuff that that I think raises your frequency. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, then suddenly good things happen in your life because now you're maneuvering on a higher plane, right? And I think this also kind of overlaps this whole idea of uh, law of attraction, um, manifesting, just kind of how energy and the universe works. So that's my theory. And recently in the last year or two, like last year probably was one of the best years of my life as far as things happening um, in my life, career, personal, everything. And if I can continue to sit in it with my body and convince my body more and more that um, it doesn't need to panic, that it is okay, that, you know, um, it is safe and and all of that, I think um, that will continue to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think, I think, yes. I think I I also believe that theory. Um, And so it's going to be like a yes. And do you agree that you don't, you don't live in that state all the time? No, of course not. I dip, I dip daily, and I, you know, I, you know that I, I tend to at night fall into a little bit of darkness. Um, you know, mildly sometimes get depressed. I could wake up feeling like I won the lottery and go to sleep in panic and worry and dread. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm talking about cumulatively. Like if you pull back, if you start like tallying up how many times you know I felt dread and worry uh, this month as opposed to when I was 25. Right. Um, there's a lot more. Uh, 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 dashes, slashes, yeah. uh, hash, hashes. <laughs> There's a lot more. I'm just like, yep, yep. Because I know what you're saying without you having to say. There's a lot more hash marks. Um, we like to say, I speak John Kim. Yes. There's a lot more hash marks uh, in the tw- in my 20s than there's uh, today at 47. So, so yes. And I think, um, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing, and I know you actually agree with what I'm saying, which is I think it's important for people to understand that the more you practice that state, the more you give your body the experience, like, like I was saying about my feeling of, of being safe enough to speak up, right? As long as you give yourself, well, I'm not really giving myself, you're actually giving me those experiences, but as long as you're giving yourself those small experiences, um, and you're seeking out those higher states, you are going to increase your capacity to then experience those states more frequently. 
And I do believe that in that increased capacity is also where there is more self-compassion because you become more able to say, it's like you become more able to pull back and see it from that 30,000 foot perspective where when you do dip, when you're in the dip, it still doesn't feel good, obviously, but you have a bigger, broader view now to say, oh, but this is just what a dip looks like. This is just a dip. This isn't my everyday state. It's okay. It's this, it's this feeling of self-compassion um, and that act of self-compassion that allows you to pull yourself back out of it. Because if you didn't have that practice, it would be very easy to sink back into that quicksand and get this very kind of like hands thrown in the air, like, well, here we are again, right? Like life is shit. And then we just kind of get sucked back into it. So I think that's my idea too about this um, being realistic about uh, how it changes you know, will it change forever? Is there a certain amount of time? Um, I just say to people all the time, I'm like, no, like you're going to dip, you know, to use your example. And that's normal. You're human. You're not going to stay in an elevated state all the time. But what's great about this is that your capacity is greater. So you'll pull out of that dip faster. Yeah. You'll, you know, you'll stay there less, less amount of time. Right. Um, and you'll be able to watch yourself when you're in the dip in a different way. You'll be able to say, oh, this is just a dip. Yeah. Um, and so we're approaching the third act. So I want to bring it back to relationships. I want to bring it back to us. How, how does all this apply to relationships? So like for me, I feel like uh, this idea of giving your body a new experience because in relationships, we are so in our heads, right? So everything from you know, evaluating the relationship to, you know, what we think we need and all, there's a lot of logical stuff happening. Um, but dropping into your body and allowing the experience that you and your partner have, have created to be a new and different experience that your body hasn't experienced before. And to sit in that can, uh, can rewire yourself. Can Well, it does rewire. That is what rewires, right? Like that's where integration happens. Well, because many people think rewiring means um, your, brain. Your, your head, your brain. Right. So what I'm fascinated with is rewiring yourself through body in relationships. Well, I think what people need to understand is that rewiring while it happens in your brain, it only happens when there's integration of the full system. Mm, it's not right. just a brain action. It actually needs to include the full system or you're only working with one part and that's not how rewiring happens. So that's why I said in the beginning, it's so important to have that sensed feeling, which is what you're talking about. Um, you can't just think about it from a conceptual standpoint, you have to experience it. Otherwise it's just a thought. It doesn't become rewiring. It doesn't become part of your brain elasticity. Right. You know, when we first met, um, one of the things I told you was um, when you touched me, I felt something different. So instead of, uh, you know, uh, telling you a, a logical story, it was more of a feeling story, a body story in that, um, when you touched me, uh, and I think I made a joke, a joke about it. I like called you Reiki hands or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I feel like, do Reiki. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and so I thought, oh, that, that feels different. And I kind of listened to that. And I think that was kind of where the road forked for me, where I tried to focus on a new path, something I would maybe not focus on. Um, but just going by something so subtle, meaning um, the difference in the feeling of touch and how, so it's not, it wasn't like technique. It was just like your touch made me feel it was different. Energy. 
yeah, energy and that yeah and so and i'm also I remember not, that not, word being a thing for you because you were like i never used to really talk about this feeling of energy until right, now and that was right. kind of when you started really getting into that kind of understanding yeah and so you know bringing it back to relationships i think and this is why i always say that uh, uh instead of just logically asking yourself um if this person is right for you thinking about what kind of experience you want like what kind of experience do you want for your body right mm -hmm. uh, your mind body soul your heart um and when you think about that question think about it pr from the perspective of um what new experience do you want to give yourself because you want to rewire your body um or feel more safe or uh you know go from a lower frequency to a higher frequency uh what experience does your body need to have to well, know that it is safe or the sky's not falling or so it's not re-traumatized? And can I, I want to build on that and say, um, when you're thinking about what new experience you want to give your body, even that to me can feel very, um, very cognitive. And so I would push even more and layer even more on what you're saying and say, when you're thinking about what new experience you want your body to have, it needs to be um, the language of sensation. So if I say to you, I want to feel more safety, that's great as a starting point. Now take it a step deeper and say, what is safety? What would, if you don't know already, what would safety feel like in your body? And so if you're talking about it from the language of sensation, it would be um, expansion for me, expansion, uh, like no tension. Like I can actually feel a feeling of safety for me. feels like when my stomach releases and I don't feel clenching in my stomach, um, mm. it might be warmth in the chest area. Right. So again, talking about integration, it's important that we, even the language is integrated, um, into the, the realm of the body. For me, the tightening in my stomach has to do with, uh, eating Cheerios. Well, stop eating cereal. I've told you a million times. <laughs> I think you also have to be open to it, right? So us even being aware of it, because uh, if you're not aware of it, you actually don't allow, you you, mm -hmm. you don't notice feeling because you're either in your head or, um, I mean, it's like you almost have to set the intention to be open to well, experience it's a practice. it. It's right. a practice, right? Like if this is not something you and I are both talking about, we're both people who have been doing a lot of this work for a long time. I mean, and again, like I'm a body oriented person. So um you'd be amazed or maybe you, the listener would not be amazed how many times I, you know, ask clients like where they're feeling something in their body. And it's like from the neck down, it's almost numb. You know, we do walk around in our heads. That's our, that's a very specific thing to Western culture as well. We believe that the brain, the mind is King. Um, and so that's how we've been raised, you know? So this is new stuff for many of us. So here's a takeaway from this episode, guys, if you're listening, um, I don't know why I say if you're listening, of course they're listening because if <laughs> they here. weren't listening, they're here. Uh, <laughs> ask yourself how you want to feel in your relationship. Ask yourself what you need to feel that way. What new experience do you, your body, your soul, your mind, like you as a whole being, what new experience, love experience, because we're talking about relationships, um, do you need to experience for you to be different, for you to love different, for you to be able to let go, for you to expand, you know, to, to hit the high notes that, that you've always wanted? Because 
I don't think love is a logical thing. I mean, yes, uh, we use logic to make, you know, healthy choices and all of that. But when it comes to um, truly rewiring ourselves, um, expanding our hearts, uh, you know, this idea of evolving, thriving, growing from the inside out, I think that is a whole body experience. But I don't think it comes with comfort. I think it comes when you sit in discomfort, knowing that it's, 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 it's going to um, change you in some way. Right. So what we're talking about, I don't think is easy. And I think we, we're aware of it and we sit in it, we allow and all the shit comes up because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like um, it's like a, a truck rattling as it goes through the, uh, through, mm-hmm. through the tornado. Like it, you can you can feel the resistance. And for many people, um, they never swim past that. And that's why they get into relationships that are always the same. And they're wondering, why do I date the same type of person? Um, it's because you're giving yourself and your body the same type of experience because you don't want to experience something new. Right. Or mostly unconscious, but yeah, it's because the unconscious, right? Like what's protecting you, um, your defenses that have been put in place for a very long time and for very good reason, um, are calling the shots, right? So this part of this work, part of the idea of integration is that you're making your unconscious conscious. And then once your unconscious is conscious, then you have more ability to make more logical decisions. Um, and until that happens, you're really just acting out of fear. You're acting out of defense. Um, yeah. I mean, with, with you, one of the things that I want, because I feel like we both have a desire, but also, um, perhaps the tools as well. Um, I want to know what's on the other side. I mean, I don't feel like I'm there yet as far as, um, experiencing, uh, um, you know, a, a total rewiring. Um, I feel like I'm, um, swimming there, but I don't feel like I've, you know, really sat in it and sat in it long enough for me to, um, experience what's on the other side. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't look at it like that only because with the realization of how far you've come, it tends to be in moments where like something happens and you either in the moment realize it, or even like a day later go, huh, oh shit, like I reacted right. a lot differently to that than I would have five years ago, right? Like yeah. it's, it's really hard to kind of measure and say like, oh, well, there's there's the thing I'm swimming towards and on the other side of it, it'll feel like this. Um, yeah. So it's not, you're saying, you're saying it's not a finish line. It's not, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not a reaching is, an island. Yeah. No, so it's more of an, an ebb and flow. Yeah. I don't think there's a finish line. I think this is, this is life. Life is growth. Life is continually rewiring, experiencing, rewiring, experiencing, right. And, and that might be overwhelming to some people. To me, that's exciting. I mean, that's just how I, I, I live. I'm a seeker, but. Um, there isn't a finish line, but there's a tipping point. Sure. I mean, I think my, you know tipping, what I'm saying? my tipping point in relationship in general could probably be, I'm in this relationship with you. Like clearly for me, I've swum far enough past a breaker to use your language to be in a 90 degree different healthy relationship or 180 degree different, rather healthier relationship than what I was in. So if I use that, then yeah, I can, I can measure it that way. Thank you for getting, giving me credit for my (laughs) isms. Yes, you are you and your isms. Um, But, you know, just like the way that I react, I guess my avoidance stuff or my kind of storyline of like, you know, men always leave or whatever, that of course still gets activated. Going back to what I was saying about it not like being a kind of, here's a magic wand, it's now over. That still gets activated, but I don't fall into the storyline as quickly as I used to. I'm much more able to stand back as if I'm watching a movie 
in my head and in my body and go, but that's not true. Right. Like I, like I'm able to question it. Like it's outside of myself almost. Um, I mean, sometimes I get caught up of course, but I think that's when, you know, that you're swimming past that, that breaker. Mm. You know, you said, uh, men always leave, you know, why, um, I won't leave because I'm not a man. That was a poorly timed joke. <laughs> okay. Guys, thank you for listening. And, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, um, you can follow us and you can, um, what else? Uh, rate, rate us, write a review, review us, all the things, write a review, um, tell a friend about it. Uh, w- our episodes are going to come out sporadically and we're not doing this to, um, pull a marketing stunt. We're just, um, they're going to come out when they come out and you have to just kind of watch out for them. Yeah. No consistency in our life these days with a baby. So <laughs> ebb and flow, just like growth guys. That's right. All right. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo. Journey coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development. ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.